What's going on, everyone? Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Bronx Attorney Broadcast. I'm your host, Will Ferrero. On this episode, we have Ryan McKean. Ryan is the co-founder of the Connecticut Trial Firm. And the Connecticut Trial Firm is a very fast-growing personal injury practice in Connecticut. Uh, Ryan just hit for a $100 million jury verdict. Um, in this episode, he talks about what it's like to take risks, what it's like to have a vision when you start a law firm or go out on your own to you know, have your own practice, and what it's like to form the relationships that really you know, help your law firm continue to grow and thrive. So I really hope you enjoy this episode with Ryan McKean. Hey, Ryan, thanks for taking the time to, to talk to me tonight. I'm, I'm really excited to, uh, to get to know you a little bit more. Thank you so much for having me on, Will. Yeah, so just to get started, can you can you tell us a little bit about your background and about your firm? Sure. Um, I'm Ryan McKean. I'm co-founder and CEO of Connecticut Trial Firm. Uh, we're located in Glastonbury, Connecticut, which for those unfamiliar with Connecticut, it's right outside of Hartford. Uh, and our practice is dedicated exclusively to uh, personal injury work. Okay. And, and so who did you co-found the firm with? I co-founded it with my partner, Andrew Garza. Okay. And I, I really wanted to talk to you today about, you know, how I got to know you for the first time. And that was your book, Tiger Tactics, which, you know, I don't know how, how I found it. Um, but I ended up buying it, I, I guess, off Amazon or something like that. And um, it was one of the books that kind of started to get me thinking more about, um, you know, building my own brand and working towards building my own caseload and clientele and things like that. Not quite ready to have my own firm yet. Um, but, you know, my, our firm is only the two of us. So um, it kind of started to get me thinking about stuff like that. H how did you get the idea to write a book and what was your process like? First of all, that that is awesome. And it means so much like that that book has like touched your life and touched your practice. Um, it, it's why we did it. Mm. Um, that book, the real genesis for that book is that uh, me, Jay Ruane and Billy Tarasio were in a Slack group together. And we got segregated because we were like the most active people. And we just kept messaging each other all the time, like over the course of probably 18 months. Saturday night, Sunday night, all all hours, all hours of the day, a never ending discussion of sort of like, well, how, what, what is the model law firm? And at one point, I said to Billy and Jay, I said, let's let's turn this into a book. Like we we should we sh there, like there's a lot a lot of good stuff here, and so Tiger Tactics was born. We decided to to write it and to get some co authors and um, you know put put the book together and ultimately release it probably about. It's 15 months after we sort of talked about it initially. Mm -hmm. And wh when did the book come out? Oh, geez. Um, I want to say it came out like March of 2019. Okay. Uh, so we're, we're actually, we're, we're working on another, we're working on a sequel, we're working on Tiger Tactics 2, uh, CEO edition, uh, okay. which will, uh, uh, my chapters are all due at uh, the end of March. Um, so hopefully we'll have that out in the fall. And is that going to be revisiting the same topics as the first book, or is it going to be expanding or new topics? It's expanding um, in many ways, like for me and for I think many of the authors, uh, Tiger Tactics was sort of like 
you know, going from solo, small firm, like really small firm. And now like all of our practice, all of our respective practices have grown. And mm -hmm. so it's more transitioning into the role of being the CEO of your firm. So it's for anybody who's doing that or wants to do it or is thinking about doing it. So we're, we're touching on uh, a lot of different topics. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned we've got some new authors. Oh, okay. Who, who's going to be uh, new on this, on the new book? Um, we well, we've got Jay Ruane, Billy, Bill Umansky are back. Um, we've got Jen Gore, Cuthbert, um, Elise Bowie, uh, Joey Vitale. Um, trying to think of, of who else, Michelle Delano, um, a few others. We tried to get as many diverse practices from across the country, um, for people who have actually scaled firms to write about what that takes. Okay. And and you mentioned growing. Are are you the fastest growing firm in Connecticut? Did I see that right? Or or one of the fastest growing? Um, I I would say I I don't know how how we'd measure that. I would say I would say <laughs> yes. Um, one of the fastest for sure. Um, I think the law firm five hundred made named us the fifth fastest growing firm in the country wow. in uh twenty twenty one, or twenty twenty. Um. And uh, you know we we are uh, we are continuing to uh, to grow. Um, so um, I don't know I don't know where where it puts us in the country or how we one even uh, ranks that. But I but yes we are we are growing. Well, certainly very fast then. Um, so what? How did you begin to to write the book? I mean, how did you take all of the the concepts and kind of bring them all together? Yeah, what what happened is we we just sort of like we're like okay, like what what would somebody, you know, we wrote it for people who were looking to start a firm or maybe mm -hmm. went on their own or maybe had just started a firm and we're like, well, what what is it that we wish we knew? And what we wanted to do is we wanted to not do it in sort of like a checklist kind of way. We wanted to tell stories. We wanted to talk about things that hurt. We wanted to put it out there as honestly as we as we possibly could. Um, and um, so, you know, we broke it down into its its various components of, you know, vision and marketing and hiring. Um, I forget what other chapters there are. I think there's about seven chapters in that mm -hmm. book. Um, we sort of looked at it that way and then we're all like, okay, let's all write chapters, uh, take with our takes on it, independent takes. Um, and the hope would be that, you know, maybe what I said resonates with somebody, maybe what Billy said resonates with somebody else. Um, and to sort of give people, uh, different perspectives on, on sort of the same topics that we all agreed were mm -hmm. really important if you're going to do this work. What what advice would you have to somebody who was thinking about writing writing a book? Because it's something that you know I've thought about, and I've I've heard a lot of people talk about um, how how good writing a book could be when you're able to you know give that to a potential new client. Yeah, I think um, a few things about writing a book. One is it's like a more time consuming process than you think. Mm -hmm. um, like. I mean, we, we write the, I mean, I write the chapters and then we get them off to, uh, uh, content editors who are sort of trying to say like, well, what you're saying here, isn't making sense, or we need to clarify this. Um, and then once we go through that round of edits, we work with, um, basically grammatical editors to correct our grammar. Um, you know, you need somebody to format the book, you need, um, you know, cover design, uh, th that kind of thing. So I think it, it takes a little bit more time if you're going to, if you want to do it, than, than you may think um, beyond the initial, like, okay, I just, I wrote 
uh, my word quota for the book. Um, right. And, you know, I, I think the other thing is, is it's like, it's a long play. Um, it's, it's not a money-making proposition at mm. all. I have never been paid on Tiger Tactics. I think we, we just broke even on the book uh, for what we had spent into it. Um, okay. it turns it turns out Amazon takes a lot of the uh, portions of any sale, right, right. but that was never that was never the point of it. The point was to um, hopefully add value to others, and you know, look, it's doing what I hoped it would do, which is like I'm talking to you, which I otherwise <laughs> wouldn't be. Yeah. Um, so a whole bunch of things like that um, opened up. Have you seen? Uh, like non-monetary value come come back to you as a result of the book like is do people mention it often or people make a decision to hire you because they've seen it um i don't think that they i don't i mean it's not a client facing book so it's mm -hmm. it's really a book it's really a book I guess for more uh, referral partners right yeah we we um we get a lot of cases from lawyer referrals i think mm -hmm. Uh, last year, I think we got like about 130 cases referred to us by other lawyers that we wow. accepted. Um, so it's a big portion of any sort of marketing is just they have to know you, they have to like you, and they have to trust you. Right. And sort of a book can help check those boxes because people, if they read it and they connect with you, that's, that's, um, that is, uh, that is fantastic. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think it's, there's zero, I mean, I wouldn't be doing a second book if I didn't think it was beneficial. Uh, the amount of doors it has opened, the speaking opportunities that it's given me, the, um, there was quite a while where um, every week it felt like I got a note from somebody who was like, you know, this book really connected with me. And that's, that's an awesome, that's an awesome thing to open your mail and see or open your inbox and see. And, uh, you know, there's, you know, if it's, if it's something you want to do, like absolutely do it. It, 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 um, it's, it's great. And this episode of the Bronx attorney broadcast was brought to you by me, Will Ferrero. I'm an attorney at prior law in the Bronx. We primarily practice personal injury law, but we can help you with just about any legal issue that you may have. And if it's not something that we can personally help you with, we can connect you with an expert in that area of law. You can find me online on Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, YouTube. My handle is typically at Bronx Attorney. And if you can't find me on one of those social media pages, you can email me, Ferrero at PriorLaw.com, or call me at the office, 718-829-0222. And now back to the show. I, one of the things that I found most interesting about your book is, in it, you talk about important things that you need when you're starting a law firm from scratch. And it seemed like the two things you thought were most important was having a vision and having a bookkeeper. Um, is that yes. still, you still think those are two of the most important pieces? No, no question. Um, I think they're even more important now. Uh, I, I was, I, I didn't know what you were actually going to say. Cause I, I wrote this so long ago and I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, I hope, I hope I said something good. And I think, <laughs> I think you, you hit on, you hit on something that, that is so, uh, so important. Um, and one of the things when we set out to do vision work was um, for my firm, we set a goal of getting a $10 million jury verdict. Mm -hmm. Okay. That was the the vision for the firm. Well, in part, because we're like, well, we want to be the best injury firm in Connecticut. And like, that's not an acceptable goal because there's mm -hmm. no way to know if you are or you aren't. And mm -hmm. so we looked around, we looked at 
other firms were like, well, what, what website, like put, what verdict puts us in that conversation, right? right? right. And we're like $10 million that puts us in the conversation. Yeah. And so we sat out to build a firm that could do that. And so we invested in training that could help us get the result. We invested in marketing that could help us get the cases. We invested in building financial systems and technological systems that could help move our cases to support it. Um, and we ended up, uh, we ended up 10 xing that goal last yeah. fall. We got a hundred million dollar verdict. Um, but it, we would never have done that had we not set out to get a ten million dollar verdict, mm -hmm. um, because it was like we're going to be trial lawyers. We're going to fight the fight. We're going to be able to, to be very good at what we do. We're going to be operationally excellent to support it. Um, and so I think that that vision component, really asking yourself, well, what are we trying to build? Um, it informs so many other decisions that you're going to make. Um, and, you know, the bookkeeping part of it is like so many, so many lawyers, I work with a lot of lawyers and they get, um, you know, caught up uh, with, with book issues, whether it's taxes or IOLTA audits or clients funds or just various uh, things. And if you, if you don't have your books organized, like you really have no data on your business. Like you don't know what's profitable or what's not or where you're spending too much or where you're spending too little. And um, as we've grown, one of the people that we hired, we brought on a director of accounting and data analytics in-house, uh, an accountant uh, to uh, not only just manage our books, but look at, uh, projections and, and and do a whole host of things with data that we have at the firm. And that that's an incredibly valuable position as at our size at this point. And and you said in the book that the $10 million verdict was your was your 10 year goal and you did it in you not only did you 10 times it, but you did it in half the amount of time that you were uh giving yourself to to accomplish it. Yeah. Yeah. It's we didn't have the case when we set that goal. Um and uh you know um I, I think, you know, I, I, I'm not into like the secret or something like that, but I think that there's something too, like we can manifest or we can mm -hmm. make happen what it is that we seek to happen. And right. I think like, Hey, we put it down on paper and we put it out into the universe that we're open to this and we're going to do the work uh, to sort of attract that, to make mm -hmm. that into a, into a reality. And, and we did. Yeah. I think the goal is certainly, um, it's it's once you put it out into the world, it's there and you can't it's it's out and you can't put it back, uh, you know, so. Well, uh, and, it, and it should the goal, whatever your goal is, it should feel like really uncomfortable mm -hmm. and sort of like if you think of yourself as like, you know, I don't know, maybe I played sports as a kid. Maybe you did. Maybe you didn't. But it's like, OK. I, I'm not only going to be the quarterback, I'm going to, I'm going to be better than Tom Brady. Like I'm going to go into the hall of fame. Um, uh, you know, and I think, I think you have to be willing to dream like that. Um, mm -hmm. you don't have to be, but, but like, I think attorneys in general, oftentimes dream too small. Yeah. And, and I was, I was into sports when I was younger, I was a big wrestler and and I never, I never attained the goals that I set out for myself at the beginning of the season. And every year they would increase a little by little. And I, I would get further than I would the previous year, but not to, you know, the, the end goal. Um, and so before Connecticut trial firm, you, you started another firm and it didn't quite work out. Um, was there a difference in your vision between 
you know, the, the two firms that you think helped you make it succeed the second time? Yeah. And you know what, and, and interestingly, like even since writing tiger tactics, like I've really connected with my former partners, Megan and Kristen, and, um, we, we we have become the friends that we were before we went into business, which it, it just feels awesome. Mm-hmm. And the way in which it actually happened was, I mean, their firm is incredibly successful. They're an incredibly successful family law firm. Um, again, they one of the fastest growing firms and uh, well known in our area, well respected, and they do they do a whole lot of things right. Like they're on the Inc. Five Thousand, we're on the Inc. Five Thousand, and so now we we sort of re hash that and we're like you know our what we were trying to do like was impossible and what we but because what needed to happen is we needed to put like two firms on the inc 5000 mm. um not one um and and i and i think that you know they're proud of my success i know i'm proud of 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 their success but yeah it did not work <laughs> it did not work out um at least initially as we had intended um and so with the benefit of time and forgiveness and understanding, mm-hmm. um, I think we would all, I know we would all agree that it really, really worked out. Okay. And then and, when you start. Uh, I'm sorry, you, you asked a question about difference in vision. And I, and I think, yes, I think, I think the problem is, is like, we didn't have a vision. Um, and the, the sort of vision was like, Hey, we're going to be awesome, which is, mm-hmm. which is fine. Uh, but what does awesome mean? Like, what does it look like? Um, and I think, you know, what, what was happening was I was developing a vision for a family firm or for a injury firm, and they were developing a vision for a family law firm, mm-hmm. um, though that was not articulated at the time. Those were just sort of the directions we were being pulled. And had we sort of thought like, well, what, what, what do we want the point of this to be? Whether it's like, we want to be the best family firm or we want to be, you know, I don't know what what we would have done, but we never had those conversations. And so we're like, hey, let's get the best software. Let's build an amazing office. Let's mm-hmm. uh, get cool computers and have cool branding and all, all the d- different things that we had tried to do. But there was no sort of purpose to any of it. Mm. So was it? would you say that it wasn't like it wasn't specific enough or you didn't have your end goal outlined well enough or, you know, yeah. We had none of it. We had no. We had no specificity. It was like, hey, we're gonna be awesome, and we'll do awesome things, and things will work out. Um, right. That was sort of the extent of it. And, and again, it wasn't like we weren't good lawyers. Like we we're gonna do good legal work. Uh-huh. We we're gonna do all of that. But in terms of a company, there was ultimately a sort of no reason to exist when, like, you wouldn't go out and find, you know, uh, you wouldn't go out and start like an app for your phone and just be like, we're going to make an awesome app. <laughs> like it's yeah. got, it's got to be like, Hey, you know what? We're going to make an app. We're going to make a game that's going to compete with like the last of us on PlayStation. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Okay. Okay. Then we've got something. And you're you like, it's not a baseball guy. game. Right. You right. know? So wait, when you started a Connecticut trial firm, did did that start as like only uh, personal injury right off the bat or did you you know whittle down practice areas until you got there Connecticut trial firm itself was started uh as uh, specifically as um uh I think as an injury firm if we had if I had any cases it was very minor that were sort mm-hmm. of like just hanging around whether it be a divorce or some other kind of litigation 
Um, but I had, I had my own practice. I had McKean law firm where it was a general practice and I was doing real estate closings and wills and, uh, personal injury and divorce and all of it. And, um, as I was doing these things, um, um, you know, I, I, I need, I knew I needed to whittle it down and, uh, devote myself into sort of one area of practice. And by the time Connecticut trial firm was founded, um, that, that, that was the, um, it was very, it was going to be very short time after that, uh, that, mm-hmm. that, that we were not doing, we were, we were, we were doing personal injury exclusive. That you went all in on personal injury. Got it. Yep. Um, you also write in the book about, about the blog that you used to have. Um, do you still, do you still have the blog? Are you still blogging? Um, the, the answer is yes and yes, um, but differently. Right. Um, the blog still the blog still exists because their digital agency loves it because it's aged and has a lot of inbound links and content and mm. things like that. Um, but nobody really reads blogs anymore. Um, so I take similarly the writing that I would do um, on the blog and I do it in two different ways, really. Um, I write a lot on LinkedIn um, okay. about like the practice of law and... Um, thoughts on, 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 on that. Um, and I write a lot, uh, I do like personal injury content on YouTube, um, which is where, which is where, you know, consumers may find me. Um, so I, the answer is I generate content, um, very much like blogging, but just in, in different mediums. And, and in Tiger Tactics, you talk about how you didn't start with a, you know, a, a huge, viewership or readership it was something that you kind of just just chipped away at um and i and i that's kind of what i'm working on now with my you know content creation in is is you know the just to keep doing it um is that something that you you keep experiencing when you switch different mediums oh absolutely um you know are we i've been at trying to build a youtube channel for probably since, since sometime in covid uh, since I'm in 2020, so probably about three, three ish years, um, trying to build a YouTube channel. And it's a lot of like posting videos that get no views <laughs> and posting more videos that get no views. You have to sort of be a, a glutton for punishment. Um, but like last week we got five calls from different people who found us on YouTube. Okay. Um, so, so I think if you're going to do content generation, one is you just have to like to do it mm-hmm. Two, You have to be a little bit I don't know if stupid's the right word, but, but, but yeah, a little bit like, okay, I'm going to be content with this, not getting four views and then mm. another video I do four views. Um, so the volume is, uh, is definitely a thing. It's a long play. If you're going to develop an audience, it's a long play. If you get picked up by like the algorithm, uh, but it it's viable for anybody who's really willing to put in the effort. The problem is, is that most people don't put in the effort. They do five, 10, maybe 15 videos. They get 40 views of all their videos, which are presumably their competitors. And they're like, this mm-hmm. isn't worth it, but you've mm-hmm. got to keep, keep, keep generating content, ignore those initial uh, statistics as to, as to viewership um, and um, you know, get better at what you do in the way of the way that you're creating the content and, and you know, where you're aiming it, you're talking about getting better in that, in that sense. Um, no, I'm just, ta- I'm, I'm talking, well, yeah. I mean, you, you, you figure out what works based upon some of the analytics uh, you do more of what is working. Um, and um, 
you 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 sort of develop your own voice along the way, which I mm -hmm. think is like more important than any of it. And as you develop voice and you get more confident, uh, you just get you just get better at it. It's just like anything else. Like if you did sports, it's like if you're you know you're you're a baseball player, keep hitting off a tee, and eventually you get a better a better swing. Okay, and another theme that you talk about in the book is is relationships and investing in relationships. Um, can you talk, tell me a little bit about how that's, you know, helped you get to the point where you are now in your career? Yeah. I mean, no, no, no person is an Island in any of this. Uh, we all stand on uh, the shoulders of, of each other. Um, and, and specifically like in the hundred million dollar verdict case. Um, I mean, first of all, that came in from my, co my, uh, my tiger tactics co-author Jay Ruane, who oh, wow. referred the case to us. Um, so, even the relationship of writing tiger tactics, um, you know, ultimately led to that case um, because Jay knew what I was trying to build and that I was diligent and that I cared and I would be a good fit for this case. Um, so he sent me that case. Um, but also we were able to work with um, lawyers across the country that we had met for over years of going to different trainings, different conferences, um, just connecting, just being you know, sending note cards, um, just, just in general, knowing people. And, you know, we, um, I can't even list all the people that helped us, but, um, when we, you know, the, the Saturday before we were going to close on, um, a Tuesday, we had a call with, um, Andrew Finkelstein of Finkelstein and partners and Jacobia mm -hmm. Myers, a whole of other firms. Andrew is an amazing business mind and amazing trial lawyer. And, and he gave us over an hour of his time because I saw him at a conference in Vegas and he said, Ryan, you know, I know you're closing in this, but you got to know how to ask for tens of millions of dollars. And I can, I'm going to tell you how to do it. And so he spent a whole hour on the call giving us that, how, how, how to really do it. And we, we just took his closing and, you know, his, his feedback and just ran with it. Um, and I don't know that it would have been possible. Maybe it would have in a different way, but without something like that along the way. So in so many ways, the the people that you know, the people who will take your calls, uh, the people that care about you in some way are, are the greatest value that any lawyer could have. How did you start building those relationships when you, you know, once you became, you know, running your own firm or, um, you know, out from being just like an associate in a firm and you had to, you know, form these relationships, Would you, where were you going? What were you doing? Who are you, you know, calling? Yeah, I think, I mean, I think it's just, um, it's something that has pretty, comes pretty natural to me. Um, I mean, a lot of relationships that have been tremendously valuable, I've, you know, in the past 10, 15 years have been originated online. Mm. Um, some relationships on Twitter, LinkedIn, um, um, but, you know, for example, like Andrew Finkelstein, I mean, we, um, we went to, um, Keenan, Keenan trial Institute and he taught my focus groups class and he was amazing. Um, and you know, I just wrote him a thank you card after I just said, thank you so much for your time and what, what you've learned. And, you know, he sent me back an email, like giving me more feedback. And I was like, this, this is, um, amazing. Mm -hmm. And sort of just over the years, like, you know, you do something great, just send him a note, um, um, and, um, when it came time to, um, we were looking to do animations, like we hired his animation company, um, because we knew 
that he, if it was good by him, it'd be good by, it'd be good for our client. Um, and, um, you know, it's just, it's just things like that. It's just showing up. It's just <laughs> people knowing who you are, what you do. And, and I think sort of like maybe the biggest thing is that if they know you're not a jerk, and they know you really care about doing a good job like that, that sort of greases the wheels um, in, in many different ways. No like and trust. That's all it is. Yeah. yeah. I, well, I, I just, I always like to, to talk about that with people because for, you know, my colleagues who might be starting their own law firms or having to build their own book of business, a lot of times it's, it's hard to figure out where, where to start with these kinds of things and how to form these, you know, how to meet the people that you want to form the relationships with. You know, that's, that's a great point. And I mean, I've never been one to do like networking breakfast or like BNI or, and, and look, I know people who those groups have worked incredibly well for them, but that's not sort of like my force networking vibe is not sort of my thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I think for me, it's like, I want to go to the places where the people I want to be are. <laughs> and so it's like, if you see, if you want to be a trial lawyer and you sort of see like, okay, well, um, you know, uh, Rex Paris is speaking, like, mm. go, go to that event, go introduce yourself to Rex Paris, go say, you know, go talk to him. Um, and, 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 and also the people who are in that audience as well, maybe it's not, maybe you don't, you know, maybe you don't get Rex, Rex's cell phone on the first time you meet him. Yeah, uh, yeah. But there are people who are in that audience as well, who, are like-minded right. and you, Hey, wh- you know, what do you do? Where do you practice? You know, what kind of cases are you working on? You know, what do you think about this? You know, Rex said this, what do you think? Um, and just sort of engaging. And then, you know, again, like, you know, it's, it's about, you get back to the office, you send them a note card, like, Hey, so nice to meet you. You know, thank you. And, you know, connect with them on LinkedIn. And when they do something awesome, like send them another note card, like, Hey, yeah, yeah. that's awesome. You got a great verdict. Yeah, I mean, personally, I found that whenever you write somebody a thank you or you send them something in the mail, like that really sticks with people. Yep. Yes, it does. Um, so, I mean, I think that those are the things, and like, I mean, they 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 don't cost money in a, in a lot of different ways. Um, they definitely cost time, mm-hmm. and um, you know, I mean, in today's world, though, it's sort of never been easier. Like, whoever your idols are. Um, or whoever's doing whatever it is. I mean, I'm sure that there's a Rex Paris of like estate planning. Mm-hmm. Um, but but like, just go find that person and 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 just say like, hey, I read your book and you know, thank you so much for writing it. Okay, <laughs> like start start that conversation. Yeah, and you know, I don't want to give away too much of the book, but another thing that you talk about is uh, is, is risk taking, and how how do you you know, calculate what's a, what's a good risk to take? Yeah. I mean, if you're going to grow, you have to take bigger and bigger and bigger risks. Um, and in fact, the more you grow, the bigger the risks you take. Um, and, and so, um, you know, I remember when it was like, okay, I'm going to go out on my own. Like that felt like a huge risk. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, then I remember like, okay, I'm going to hire my first employee. Oh my gosh. Did that feel like a risk? Mm Mm-hmm. And, you know, today I'm on a leadership meeting where it's like, okay, 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 we're going to hire an an HR person. All right, we're making an offer to a lawyer. You know what, we just put in uh, another offer to buy uh, more office space uh, Mm. near us. And like, again, like those are sort of like bigger things. But as you if you're going to develop, um, particularly if you're a trial lawyer, 
or you're a business person, you're going to have to uh, have an appetite for bigger risk because what you realize is like the biggest risk is really not taking those risks, not hiring the lawyer, not going out on your own, not not taking the case to verdict, uh, not buying the office. Those are the things that can come back to hurt you. Um, and and to me, it's not, I, I think my comfort level is like, I look at the thing and I'm like, well, what if it completely goes wrong? Like mm-hmm. what, what if the lawyer I hire is just terrible? I mean, like, what's the worst thing that happens? Like, I mean, ideally, like I, 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 we catch it. He, you know, he or she creates some fixable problems. We have to spend mm-hmm. some time fixing it and we fire them right. or they quit. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, well, what's the worst case, what's the worst case thing that goes wrong if I buy the office next door? Well, I'm on the hook for, you know, $3,000 more a month in rent. Right. Okay. Like, well, you know, can I, can I absorb that? Right. And for how long, how long am I willing to absorb that? Um, so, you know, it, I don't take risk where it's like, okay, I'm betting my practice and I'm betting my house and I'm betting right. everything that I have. Um, because you, if you're going to take risk, you have to accept loss uh, with it, but you just need to, I think, adjust, you know, for like, well, what happens if this completely goes wrong? And I talk to a lot of lawyers who are like, well, maybe I want to start my own firm. Well, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, but I'm like, well, what if it goes wrong? Like, can't you go back to work for like whatever for some other firm mm-hmm. or some other government agency or, you know, whatever, like you have some skills. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, I, you know, it's no risk at all. And do you feel like there's just a certain, you know, you're going to max out on your growth if you don't take these risks? Oh yeah. No, no, no question. Um, I mean, all, all of growth lies like just outside your comfort zone. Mm-hmm. And if you're not doing things that scare you, um, like asking a jury for a hundred million dollars or hiring 30 people or expanding your practice or taking on larger marketing spends or whatever it is that you're, you're doing, like you're definitely not growing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, hopefully one day I'll have to ask a jury for a hundred million dollars and I can, I can get some pointers from you on that. Hey, we we have the closing courtesy of Andrew Finkelstein of of how to, how how to get there. I'm happy to send it to you. Um, you know, I, I I would love to keep you all night, but you know, I think I'll I'll let you go have dinner. Um, where can people find Tiger Tactics if they want to read the book? You can find it on Amazon. You can you can message me on LinkedIn. I'll send you a copy if you want. Um, and, and how can people find you if they want to, uh, you know, follow you or reach out to you or something like that? Ryan McKean on LinkedIn, Ryan McKean on Twitter. You can also email me, Ryan at cttrialfirm.com. I'm pretty easy to find. Just just find me and connect with me. Uh, and, um, you know, we'll have Tiger Tactics 2 CEO edition coming out. And I know the quality of co-authors uh, that we are, we've been able to attract on this. I know it's going to add a lot of value uh, just, just for anybody who is in sort of like the, well, how do I run a law firm mm-hmm. space? Um, I think it'll, I think it'll be great. And when should we be looking out for that? Um, I, I hope for, I hope this fall. Um, okay. It's going to depend a little bit on you know the editors. Uh, we have a system and we have a process and play from things that we learned from the first book. Um, it'll all be my writing part will be done March thirty first. I assume all edits will be done probably June first, and then it's got to go to formatting and other things. Ho- hopefully the fall. Hopefully okay. The fall. Well, I'm I'm definitely going to be buying that, so I'm looking forward to it. I'll send you a copy. Well, I'll send you a copy. <laughs> Thanks, Ryan.
Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Bronx Attorney Broadcast. Please like, review, and subscribe so we can help the channel continue to grow. And if you're interested in connecting with any of the guests, please let me know, and I'd be happy to make the introduction.